0: Are you struggling to get your project off the ground?
1: Is the term research a dirty word?
0: Need help finding more resources?
1: Hello again, and welcome to the Center for Nursing Inquiry podcast. My name is Nadine Rosenblum. I'm a Nursing Inquiry Coordinator with the Center for Nursing Inquiry. And today I have with me Donna Baritzi, who will be speaking with us about her strategy for developing a winning abstract for the Magnet Conference that we attended recently. So, hello, Donna. Hello, Nadine. How are you? Well, and you? Good, thank you. Good. Would you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your nursing background and your current role? Sure.
0: Um, So, I am Donna am. My current uh, title is Associate Chief Nursing Officer for the Cancer Service Line for Johns Hopkins Hospital, in addition to being the Senior Director for Oncology at Johns Hopkins Hospital itself. Um, So I am in a position that has never been sat in before, um, because my role here at Johns Hopkins was to build an oncology service line across our health system. Um, I come to Johns Hopkins from New York City. Uh, I made the strategic error of moving during a pandemic um, and have been here now a little over three years. I hit my three years in July, so uh, it's almost three and a half. Um, from my background, I because I've been a nurse uh, a very long time, 38 years, um i've had the good fortune to participate and really lead in a lot of different aspects of nursing um i went to georgetown as an undergrad so it was like coming home again to head back down to this area and uh cover sibley as one of my sites because i did my clinical at sibley um many many years ago as a nursing student at georgetown um and that was really, it was very interesting. Uh, Sibley has not changed. Um, it's a wonderful place, but it is so interesting that in all of the years since graduation, the feel of Sibley is uh pretty similar. I would say that now that Sibley is part of Johns Hopkins Health System, definitely more diverse, definitely more open to Um, research and, and just caring for our oncology patients across the health system. So that was fun. Um, I have a critical care background. I have uh, many years of leadership experience, um, both at uh, community hospitals and academic medical centers. Um, and have just really enjoyed and flourished in every aspect of nursing that I have been fortunate enough to participate in. Um, the really, from the aspect of longevity, the only areas that I have not participated in as a nurse would be labor and deliver- delivery or maternity, um, and I'm okay with that. Um, but I actually had a five-year um stint in in uh, school nursing um because it worked for my family um and so I was a school nurse took a pause in in direct clinical care um while I was an oncology nurse and became a school nurse for 5 years and once my girls were ready to launch into their college careers and at the end of their high school career I went back into um, more of a clinical setting and was able to also work as a hospice case manager so um, I've really been so fortunate to be able to kind of reinvent myself for all aspects of both uh, educational and family life Um, and have really enjoyed uh, pretty much everything I've ever done as a nurse. And that's brought me here to date. Um, I feel very fortunate in that uh, I would imagine that a lot of people given the opportunity to maybe decide that they could go back in time and decide what they wanted to be when they grew up, maybe wouldn't consider what they're doing now, but I would tell you that I can't imagine doing anything else, and I've loved every minute of being a nurse. Um, My current role is um, really interesting as well in that, you know, it's really been a culmination of uh, a lot of uh, experience and hard work and kind of doing this job in New York City on a different level, but bringing a service line together uh, to be able to harmonize the care delivery for our patients. And that is what I was um, hired at Johns Hopkins to do. Um, It's a little bit different doing it in the middle of the city and um, traveling from place to place and doing it across Sibley Suburban. Um, We have an affiliation with WellSpan up in York, Pennsylvania um Green Spring Station, uh, Johns Hopkins Hospital, Bayview, and then looking at where else we're going to stand up our oncology services. Currently we're working on a project with um West Falls Church um, and what that looks like. So uh the role is is um a novice role here, but certainly not a novice role to building um a service line. So that's my
1: background. Wow, that's a lot, and it's really fascinating. I love the way nursing can support you through your entire life trajectory and changes in life, and you can make it work for you, and you can stay with the same thing all through your career or change as needed or desired. That's it's just wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that'll be inspirational for a lot of our listeners, and and actually, it's for me too. So that's awesome. Thank you. Um, so tell me a little bit more about um your history with inquiry work. You know, quality sure. improvement, evidence based practice, and research that you've shown sure. part of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the the inquiry work and and more specifically, the evidence-based practice development um, has been really part of my nursing leadership um, for many, many years. Um, and and what I think is interesting is, you know, I did not have a traditional um, process whereby I completed my um, doctoral degree. I did a master's degree much later in life. I finished my doctoral degree only a year ago. Um, and I would say that part of the work that I've done over the course of my entire career has been very um, instrumental in, in completing my master's, completing my doctoral degree, and always remembering that you know the practice that we kind of bring forward to both ourselves as nurses and our patients is is evolving and is always based in you know kind of what the right thing to do for our patients is and and i say that because from a from my very first job i was always told that nothing that i do or want to modify or change can be done for anything but the patient in front of us. And whether that be that patient or a client or... So we always want to remember that, you know, the best practices that we live and experience are going to change all the time. But that patient is always at the center of those um, modifications and changes that we're making. So it's just been sort of part of my nursing career since I became a nurse. And so it is, you know, when I think back to some of the other types of um, abstracts that I've written and um, presentations that I've done, I think about survivorship for our patients. That's something that, you know, is, of course, best practice for our patients. Um, and, And just making sure that that is something that is ingrained in new nurses, in the daily practice of Of what we're doing. And so to date, you know, the presentation that I was able to um, utilize for Magnet is just another piece of that, you know, taking the day to day practice and using the data to support, for example, um, the abstract that I presented is on patient falls and on the inpatient setting. And while that is a topic of conversation that has been in all our, um, practices and on all our minds every day of, of every practice we've done to look at it from an oncology lens
1: was quite remarkable. Yeah, I agree. That's, it's really interesting how it seems like something like falls. Everybody knows about it and is there anything new that you could possibly have to say about, um, preventing falls? But when you, there are always opportunities to look at it from a new angle or a new mm. department or all kinds of new, new ways. So this, this is great. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what led to this specific project? So this was my
0: doctoral work. Um, and I chose it because I wanted to um, complete my doctoral work in something that was meaningful to me and meaningful to the people that I was leading and meaningful for the patients that I still just love to be able to talk to. Um, oncology patients are different, um, and I'm sure every pa- everybody says that about their own particular patient population, but the literature, Um, was very, very strong that oncology patients are very challenged when it comes to acquiescing any type of control, um, when they enter the hospital. Um, specifically, uh, there's uh, so much data on our heme patient population. Um, many of them are younger, um, newly diagnosed, uh, Maybe running a marathon a month ago and suddenly they are are faced with a cancer diagnosis and they're coming into the hospital and they're already stripped of so much of the control in their lives and dealing with such a catastrophic event that um, you really do have to engage those patients in their um, care. And by in their care, I mean even, even in in their ability to um, decompensate, if you will, um, from the time of their diagnosis through induction chemotherapy, and and then you know kind of on the back end and their uh, their their strength gaining again. And there was so much diet, there was so much literature to uh, support the fact that oncology patients often suffer such catastrophic events when they do fall. Um, it can it can lead to a a delay in treatment, which can lead to progression of their disease if their treatment is delayed because of a fall. Most times, our patients that fall. Are have very low platelet counts, so a fall is is catastrophic if they hit their head. Um, there are just so many modifications to what our patients are going through on a day-to-day basis from just being admitted that by having them give up the control and needing to call people when they get up to use the bathroom and, and just they need these visual cues and they need to be engaged and involved in the mitigation strategies to um, fall prevention. And that's why I utilized um, the fall focus as my doctoral project, because much of my work is with the oncology patient population. Yeah,
1: that's that's amazing. And so um, there's a lot of work. It's- I can see that um, there's a lot that went into it, and it's interesting the way that you pulled it up all together. How did this work on the unit? so again, I, it was challenging um,
0: but I was um, I was really fortunate to have the mentors that I had when I was going through my uh process of deciding what I wanted to do. And Dr. Patricia Dykes is uh is a Harvard educated um uh, researcher, um scientist, and she was gracious enough to partner with me. And while her work wasn't specifically with the oncology patient population, she was able to really share with me some strategies so that when I shared this at the unit level, um, it wasn't uh, this onerous task. Is that, you know, she kept saying to me, Donna, these nurses already are going to be walking in and telling their patients their names, their diagnoses and what their plan is for the day. They would never not want that to occur. So why wouldn't they want to include as part of their daily repertoire and then consistent rounding? talk to them about how chemotherapy is going to change how they feel, how the nurses that are working with them are their partners and, and not just a caregiver how all of these things play into caring for um, specific patient population and then take your information that you've gathered from the literature and sort of just tie that in to your specific patient population. And so she was just, thank God she was uh, part of this. Um, And, you know, I, I did utilize her words when I thought about how I was going to implement this on the inpatient units, because what I didn't want to happen is for the nurses to feel that I was giving them just one more thing to do. Because if I, if you think about it in that way, we have a nursing population that missed out on so much clinical um, experience during the pandemic. Our nursing workforce is so young right now and inexperienced. So you want them to be able to utilize visual cues, which is part of um, what I uh, utilized in the fall tips um, process, and really get that level of language um, as part of what they do every day. and. What I saw was we have the wonderful JFRAT tool. The JFRAT tool is not really geared towards oncology patients. It doesn't take into consideration a lot of our chemotherapy drugs, which add to a lot of some of the um, of the weaknesses uh, and fall risk of our patients. But what you don't want to do is go down a checklist and give yourself just a little pat on the back because you came up with a JFRAT score. If you do nothing with that score and you don't discuss what that score means with the patients and for the patients, then really a score in a flow sheet is going to matter not at all. You're not, our our nursing assistants, Clintex, whatever we call them on our specific units, they're not going into our flow sheets and saying, oh, by the way, the score that you have makes you a high fall risk. We have to be able to take the information that you have and make sure that all members of the nursing team, which is partly part our patients as well, understand that we may come up with a score of why they're a high fall risk, but then what can we do to help the patient, the rest of the care team, and then us really every time we walk into that room, remember why we're creating a score of what makes a patient uh, a low, a moderate, or a high fall risk.
1: That's amazing. That's, that's exactly right. I can think of any number of tools that we use for all kinds of assessments and evaluation. There's the J.P.R.A.P. fall tool, there, you know, all the pain assessments. Um, breastfeeding has a latch score tool, you know, those things are really not very useful if you don't do anything with them. So I can see here that you developed this, um, a tips poster. Um, Is that what you're kind of alluding to when you're talking about moving that score to action? Correct. That is exactly correct. And that is part of
0: the false tips website. And for those people that have never heard of false tips, uh, it, it is, it is a website that patty dykes and her um her group of of scientists all utilized to really help a nurse and a patient collectively come up with strategies that reminded them that they're not the same as they were maybe a week ago that they are weaker than they were when they came in i mean when we think about nadine our patients that are in the hospital now are very, very ill. And especially with oncology, I can only tell you we try our very best to keep every single patient in the ambulatory setting so that they at the very least can see their loved ones at night, sleep in their own beds. So if you're an inpatient patient, then there is a very good reason why you're in the hospital. And and some of those um, reasons are Related to a new diagnosis, symptom management, weakness, chemotherapy induction, and all of the symptoms that go with uh, maybe uh, your diagnosis of of cancer and so it is so important that we utilize visual cues because even our visual cues are for our nurses as well as our patients and their families and so we really adopted that visual cues poster. We had a very large poster placed in every room. We had the smaller posters placed on the bedside. And as our nurses came in and introduced themselves to the patients, they would say, oh, and by the way, if you remember yesterday, you were attached to three different IV drugs. And and because of that, that was part of why you were a high fall risk. But along with that, I want you to remember that the drugs we're giving you are going to make you weak, and you're going to lose some of your physical and and really sometimes your psychological strength. And so we want these posters to remind you, oh, yes, that's right. There's There's a reason why I have to call for help. So that is why the visual cues um seem to be really, really helpful. And and the engagement piece with patients and families and their nursing staff was even more important than the visual
1: cues. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I and I can see um you've put on your poster here um your inpatient fall rates and the overall decline in your inpatient fall rates and um, your audit compliance as well. So you're doing audits also to help reinforce what the nurses are doing and learning and how that's working with the patients. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's correct. But we have changed the word audit to observation because audit plan. just seemed like a punitive word and we none of this was punitive. We really wanted to make sure that we had real time feedback. Um, I've had two, three consecutive full students to help with our projects. Um, and there is nothing better than a, a nursing student that is, um, excited to, to really learn about, uh, nursing inquiry to, to move this project forward. Um, I will say that during the rollout, when our eye was on the prize every day, we did really well and our fall rates declined. But sustainability of any quality improvement project at any level is the key to um, success. And when we took our eye off the prize a little bit, we did see our fall rates go back up again. So we were able to... Um, utilize our full students through the School of Nursing to come back and kind of reinvigorate and, and re-energize um,
1: the, the, the project itself. That's an excellent point, and I've seen that time and time again, and, you know, projects are amazing for making changes and getting things improved, and then that that sustainability factor is a little bit of a trick. Um, what did you find that was most successful um, to get back to your goal of fewer falls and maintain that? I, I think, you know,
0: frequent rounding from leaders, frequent rounding from uh, observations from our full students, um, uh, feedback in real time, um, constant discussion at huddle, Um we did a, an enormous educational rollout when we rolled out the project itself, just about what falls, uh, consisted of, what our JFRAT tool did for us, the importance of engagement, um, with our patients and families. Our patients and families in oncology are always so involved and, and close to, um, Any discussions they have. And so to include them in something of this magnitude seems like a no brainer. And so we we really just reinvigorated that process by adding a student, um, having huddles and then talking about the the results at our staff meetings.
1: Those are really great tips. Thank you for that. I I also want to circle back to that comment that you made about changing the name of audit to what did you say it was again observation observations because while we want to make sure that we're all doing our practices our work properly the goal of having someone do an observation with you is not to Catch you doing it wrong. It's to make sure that we're offering them the safest, um, opportunity and environment for everyone. So it's, it's, that's definitely a positive direction that you're talking about. And, um, you know, audit, it, we don't mean it to sound like a way, right. to A way to get you in trouble or uh, to ding you, but. I, it it does seem like changing the name can make a difference sometimes, so that's that's a that's a good tip that's something yeah that be- i I mean
0: I will tell you Nadine that um even when I was coming in on the weekends and and auditing and observing that that was not successful um because of just i guess my title the way people looked at me even though i I'm certainly a nurse's nurse and and love uh you know, love the bedside. I I I recognize that it was challenging for people to see that in any light other than, oh no, you know, someone at a leadership level is rounding on my patients. Because what we did was when we rounded on the patients, we actually asked the patients, you know, tell me what you know about even your 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 risk of falling and why you might be more prone to falling. And and so we took that opportunity to reiterate the falls tips process and having them call for help and why. So I, I understand why that became a little uh, onerous, but um, certainly never was from a punitive perspective. I think our nurses right now, they have so much to juggle. They, you know, even going back, you mentioned it earlier, pain assessment. Am I going back in for my reassessment within 30 minutes? Have I done that and diagno, di, you know uh, documented it appropriately? It, it's a lot for someone to really juggle. And I think anything we can do to help our newer nurses just sort of make this part of their culture, that our patients need to be part of their risk mitigation strategies. Um, When they can, obviously, we all have patients that cannot participate. And that's why we have, you know, bed alarms and chair alarms and different color socks and all sorts of other things. But, you know, for those patients that can participate in the risk mitigation, we should
1: always include them. Excellent. I think that's an amazing um, way to look at it. And it's obviously very successful. So congratulations. On your work, um, completing your advanced degrees and the success of this poster being presented at Magnet, which is a very large national nursing conference. Um, I'm going to kind of turn the direction a little bit and ask you a little bit more about what was your strategy to develop this, this abstract that was a winner for Magnet for this so, conference.
0: Yeah no I I really I think it's really important to discuss this because you know I I don't think that magnet um I think magnet looks at these abstracts very carefully but they're also they it's very difficult to get a poster and an abstract submitted and and accepted to magnet it I will tell you that from past experience um this past year I've had the Really the honor and privilege of having abstract poster presentations and then podium presentations um, at both the oncology nursing society national conference NCCN national conference I presented i was um, I was accepted and uh, presented at enrs in in Pennsylvania in philly for their research. Um, Uh, abstract. And what I tried to do while I, while I looked at it from the subject not changing, I did try to have a different spin for each of the conferences based on the conference itself. And so, for example, for Magnet, so much of Magnet is structural empowerment, empowering your nurses, Utilizing a shared um, care delivery, that that is what I really tried to focus on for Magnet is that RN patient engagement, and I I really read through the um, a lot of the uh, objectives for 2023 Magnet when I was even looking at presenting and really wanted to gear it towards the um, the the objectives that were put forth in the original uh, presentation of what the magnet uh, oversight was going to be for this year, same as I as I've done for for nursing for oncology. So I I when I presented my abstract for oncology, it was a very different. It was much more based on the oncology patient and. Some of the um, strategies utilizing a very challenging patient population, um, and so I, I I did that a little bit differently. So I think it's important to know your audience with your with your um, conference itself, and know what the target audience is going to be and why, and then taking your because because no matter what we're doing from an inquiry research perspective, there are different ways to look at. And so you just have to be, I think my opinion is you just have to be very um, strategic about highlighting one important aspect of the conference itself, but utilizing your work
1: just to show the the completion and success. Excellent. Okay, great. So, Definitely um, consider the conference objectives because they're different depending on what professional organization is hosting it and what the audience is going to be. You want to tailor your your abstract or your poster or your presentation to the audience as well. Are there some other tips or advice that you can share um, with nurses considering submitting a poster to a conference? I would
0: say keep it simple. Yeah. I really I I know that the, our tendency is to want to, you know, put as much of of everything we did into the abstract itself. But I, I will say that I had so much positive feedback from the poster, even though I looked at that poster and I was really unsure that it had enough oomph to it and 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 content. But I have had more conversations with people. Over the course of the last three weeks since Magnet occurred, people contacting me via email, um, reaching out through all these different venues to say, tell me a little bit more about how you implemented the fall's tips, how you chose your patient population, who you utilized on the unit to kind of bring the project to fruition.
1: And it's been great. It's been wonderful. Well, that's wonderful to hear that you're getting such great feedback and it looks great too. <laughs> it's not just like packed with information. You, you're the design of it is nicely balanced with it's not completely so densely packed with um, text that you can't read it all. You can get the idea of what you're reading and, and looking at at a glance. And then a little closer if you want to get in more deeply and really excellent graphics. Um, You've got the tips poster, the fall tips poster um, on the, on your poster and then information about your outcomes as well. So it's, it's a lot of really good information The flow goes well from purpose to outcomes and conclusions. Um, It's, also has your contact information on it. So that seems to have been effective. <laughs> yes. So um, it, it's really, really excellent, um, nicely designed and engaging and interactive without being overwhelming, which can be a turnoff, right? Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: posters that are just too, too much to actually yeah. look at. Yeah, absolutely.
0: In fact, my, the, I submitted a similar abstract for ONS, Oncology Nursing Society, and it was accepted as um, uh, the best in show, for example. And so I ended up on a post, I ended up doing a podium presentation um, with three additional uh, colleagues from all over the country. And um, we, the four of us were the best of the abstracts and so that was really fun to do as well but i did not get a chance to do the poster for ons but they took the abstract itself and and turned it into
1: a podium presentation that's exciting very interesting that's that's got to be uh gratifying <laughs> yeah it was fun cool all right so I have one other question for you um with all of your experience and time and different roles. And it, it sounds like you've had a wealth of experience to kind of bolster your confidence in submitting to conferences. You've been to multiple conferences. You've applied to many. Is this something that only a very experienced nurse can do? Absolutely not. In fact, one of the most um, rewarding,
0: uh, for me personally is to remind people as they're doing what they think are simple projects how important it will be to write this up as an abstract to share with other people because their simple project is, is probably something that someone else can learn from. And I, I, I would tell you that in my last 15 years of leadership in particular, every single time it gets towards the finish line of when abstracts are due or we're working on some great projects, I am I am the most encouraging with new nurses to understand how important it is for them to um, take a risk. And if they are... Uh, Finding their the topic to be exciting and innovative, then someone else will as well. And and coming from institutions like Mount Sinai, where I was in New York, Johns Hopkins, where we are now, so many people look towards institutions like this for for um, you know at their their own evidence based practice. So while for us, it's something that we talk about all the time, um, for other institutions and for smaller areas, we're, we're talking about international conferences. These are very important um, pieces of information. So our staff nurses, our new nurses, absolutely should feel confident and comfortable taking a stab at writing an abstract. But what is even more important than that is to have mentorship, and have people who can read those abstracts for you. Um, Michaela Olson that I know you are all very familiar with uh, for her work, Michaela, myself, Jeanette Almonte, we are, every time we turn around and we do a project, we expect our nurses to to put pen to paper. And for example, our ONS in um, this coming May, we probably had 15 abstracts submitted just from oncology. Um And we will do a, a pre-abstract writing session and give people tools to 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 really simplify what they're trying to do, because, again, it's so important for a new grad to hear from a new grad who was able to share something that has been, you know, important to them, innovative to them, and important for their patients in the form of an abstract and a poster.
1: That's wonderful advice and information. So if you happen to be working in oncology, you've got a baked-in support, <laughs> support team in Donna and the rest there. Um, if you don't happen to have Donna at your service, you can reach out to the Center for Nursing Inquiry. Uh, we can definitely also help you with your abstracts and poster submissions. So you're welcome to reach out to us as well. Um, and give some more information about how to do that at the end here, but Donna, is there anything else that you wanna share about um, your poster, the magnet experience, um, doing inquiry work that you'd like just, to share?
0: No, I, I mean, just
1: basically I would say, don't
0: be afraid to bring your ideas forward. Um, there, There's so much work to be done and our chair side and bedside nurses are are the the heart of what we're doing. And 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 you know, you may need assistance from a clinical nurse specialist, one of your leaders, an educator, a lead clinical nurse, but your your ideas and your work are so important, fresh eyes are so important to patient care and to making sure that we are delivering patient care in the safest um most fin- financially uh, appropriate um setting and um it it's it's definitely not for just those very experienced
1: nurses that's that's good to hear and i hope that that's a relief for all those newer nurses with all those great ideas um we want to hear about it we want to help you And we're here for all of that. So I want to thank you once again, Donna, for sharing your time with me and um, your information about um, your successful abstract submission to Magnet. Um, We look forward to seeing more from you. And um, I will close by saying um, this is the Center for Nursing Inquiry. You can reach us at nursinginquiry at jhmi.edu by email and we also have a center for nursing inquiry website you can just google us and you'll find us like that um so keep listening and we'll talk to you again soon thank you